We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, 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 everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. about, about, about. What up, what up? She's Lisa V. And he's Randall Keith. And this is Brunch Culture, the weekly show where we talk about everything because everything is up for discussion. Yes, yes, yes. I had to channel my Oprah Winfrey. You know, she'd be like, oh. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It, it I didn't. Register. I didn't tap in. It didn't register. It didn't register. I guess it didn't register for me. Just like nothing, Oprah seems to do registers for Monique. Um, <laughs> that was a good transition. I like that one. That was. That was good. <laughs> just right into the the the. Oh, that that was. Dang! It just kind of it just kind of hit me how good it did land. That was a good transition. <laughs> All right. Nothing for Monique seems to nobody actually not Lee Daniels. Not Will Packer, uh, anybody Roland that Martin, has, uh, just yeah. I, anybody that's kind of popping and right now in Hollywood, she seems to have an issue with that's black, but she also has a thing with the whole system as a whole. So yeah, and you know, I, I've we've been talking, and so I've I've been I I hear Monique when I heard the five hundred thousand dollars I thought that it was BS um, to know that Amy Schumer is making thirteen million dollars like fam come on uh, this young lady is just not funny to me not no knock against you know if that's what they if that's what you do and then that's what you can get and that's that's cool but five hundred thousand I feel like <coughs> is very an offer of five hundred thousand is very disrespectful to Monique. And it, even knowing, and I feel like, you know, even knowing that they offered Wanda Sykes 250K was like, are y'all serious? So for me, it was just, I, I, I follow Monique. I disagree with Monique's tactics. I wish she would have played this completely different. I've come up with all kinds of ways she could have played this. I feel like rather than asking people to boycott specifically just for her, she could have talked to some other, you know, black female uh comedians and figured out what they've been paid before or if they had a deal there's a number of you know specials on eight on on netflix see how much they were paid for netflix to run that like things like that like i wish that she would have kind of did that so it was like this is a problem because i experienced it but let me show you the how it's a larger problem because i've linked up to all these other women and they've been lowballed too or I've I said before she could have just took the 500k, you know, got some analytics on her numbers, got the analytics on a Amy Schumer numbers, and then came out and say, look, I did my special, my numbers were this, theirs were this. You think I 500k to a million? Like obviously there's a difference. I feel like there's so many ways she could have played this in the way she played it, and now it's just like this whole let's going back and forth on social media with. You know, all these people calling people names. It's like, Monique, I get that you don't want to play politics. I get it. And I respect, I love Monique, respect Monique. But it's like a part of every industry is politics. You can't piss the people off. 
you can't fight the machine and then piss the people off that you need to fight the machine with you. You know, like, <laughs> like you got a point, you got a valid point, but we got to like, we got to play this a different way. We can't just, we can't just make this like a, Oh, well I'm calling out everybody. Like we got to fight one battle at a time because if we try to fight all these battles simultaneously, people going to call you crazy. I personally hate when people call Monique crazy. I hate when people, you know, question her talent or say if she's funny or not. But like, at this point, it's kind of like I, you, you, you're fueling the fire. You're giving them ammo. Just don't do that. And let's just focus on what we got to focus on, which you got some valid points. Yeah. If she didn't have the big, it seems like, and I feel bad for her because it seems like after Precious, it just went all downhill. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that from a, I think we got like a glimpse into why it went downhill with the whole explanation about, you know, her not wanting to do kind of like the, the post Oscar tour where you are, I guess doing like film festivals overseas and you're doing all of this stuff for free. It it makes sense. Like it makes sense. But doesn't everybody do it for free? Yeah. That's the thing. So everybody's doing it. And she's just like, she, she was like, she couldn't do it. Well, what I didn't know, I watched, did you watch the uh, Sway in the Morning interview she did? Uh Uh-uh. So I watched that and she talked about how she only got paid $50,000 for Precious. Um, Oh, wow. Right. So Precious apparently, you know, this was like a low budget film that Lee Daniels wanted to do was really passionate about it. He was trying to like pitch it to people, um, pitch it to Tyler Perry, pitch it to Oprah, pitch it to all these people. She said Lee Daniels called her crying because the film like just did not, it wasn't, nobody was picking it up. And, um, she got, when he first gave her the script, he was basically like super excited about it. Like, Oh, you know, we going to do all this stuff, but I can only pay you 50 K. And she was like, okay, I'm cool with that because I believe so much in this character. She said this monster. I know it. I guess it's familiar. She, I assume by that she meant she had like a personal experience with somebody like that. So she was like, you know, I only got 50 K. I can't do all of this other stuff when I only got 50 K. Like it's going to cost me more for that. But I just, so it's like, I get it. And that's the, that's my thing. I get what mm-hmm. Monique is saying. Like, so she didn't have personally the money or she was like, it wasn't worth it to her to do it. Well, I think she was saying that, you know, Lee Daniels is making money off of this movie. Like, cause she, when, when, uh, who's it? Lionsgate or whoever bought it. Um, she didn't get any money off of it. She didn't get any more money. You know, when the movie did pick up, she just got her 50 K. And so it was like, well, I'm essentially paying money out of my pocket to do all of this stuff. And she was like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do that. So I feel like I I really just feel like her issue in, in, in a large part is like, she refuses to politic and I get it. I understand. I'm not even saying that she has to politic, but I'm saying honestly, in order to land support, in order to land people to do stuff with you, like you got to That's the thing. Like you got to politic like you you politic in every industry. I don't care what industry you're in, whether you're an engineer, an accountant, uh, you know, an entrepreneur like there's every in every field. There's some level of politics that you have to play be that just and that's not saying that you're being fake or phony it's just saying that like you know you got to build relationships with people 
you know, you got to make sure that you your reputation stays intact, that you do good work, but that you also are somebody that people can go to. So I don't know. It just seems really it seems like she's just like, I'm ain't, I ain't politicking, but then I'm also going to ask people to support me and going against the machine like that's going to be really hard for you to tackle because people are emotional. Me and my fr- one of my friends was talking and I kept telling her. You, she was like, I don't really care for Monique. And I'm like, you only don't care for Monique because she called Oprah a B. If she, had she not said that, you would not have a problem with her. So a lot of people's issues are her treatment of Oprah and not really what she's saying. You actually agree with everything that Monique is saying. But your only problem is that she offended you by talking down to Oprah. And for so many people, Oprah is just like the person you cannot talk about. You talk about Oprah, I'm done. And it's kind of like, well, I, I think, you know, I think Oprah's human. We can kind of criticize her. I, I That doesn't take away any of her greatness. Doesn't take away your like for her. I think that when Monique explained the whole thing about Oprah surprising her and inviting like, I think it was like her brother or her mom or somebody on uh, on her show without telling Monique that's a level of uh, that's a fair critique like we talked about this i opened up to you you invited people without telling me uh, we can critique oprah in that. and oprah is still great and we still love own and we still love all the stuff that she does and we still think she's incredible and amazing but she, she can be critiqued she's human like it's cool mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. yeah it just seems like she has so many battles she's trying to fight at one time at one time and it's not going they're not going to pick up like <laughs> Actually, she's losing. I think the potency of the Netflix battle because of the the other battle she's trying. She's attached to this. Right. It's like we can't. It 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 seems very unfocused too. Like you know, I mean, in today's time, people can only focus on a couple things at once. Like everybody's not going to be. We can't focus. Let me change that. We can do multiple things at once. But it's hard for people that's not personally tied to a situation like Netflix, Netflix pay. You're asking people that have all of this like emotional, you know, happiness connected to Netflix to boycott Netflix for something for your pay. And then you're also like coming for their faves and saying that they faves ain't like, I don't really know if that's. Yeah, I don't know if that's helping your cause, Mo. Like, yeah. love I'm you, like, respect you, you but I don't think that's it. For sure. And, I, you know, we... I don't want to, like... I've had conversations about, like, her husband's negotiation skills. And I don't know. We're not in the room. This is all speculation. But what I can say is I think that from a management standpoint, not from, like, a husband personal relationship, but just as a manager, I think he should be like, all right, babe, let's pull back a little bit. You know, like, I know it's comedy and I know... You're known for like vulgar comedy and that's cool, but let's not like call Oprah the B word. Let's not do that. Yeah. Pretty ridiculous. You know what? This is actually her, what she has going on. Sometimes it's more entertaining than the Grammys. Yeah. The Grammys. Even though what she does, I just, I'm tired of it, but the it's more entertaining than the Grammys. Cause every year is trash. I have such a different, like, recollection of the the grammys and i'm trying to like reconcile if it's because i was a kid and i was super amazed and oppressed by by stuff 
But I feel like the Grammys used to be so much better back in the day. Now it's kind of like I literally was waiting for specific performances. And they were, you know, I wanted to see Kendrick Lamar. I wanted to see DJ Khaled, Rihanna, and Bryson Tiller. And I wanted to see uh, Bruno Mars and Cardi B. And then I wanted to I wanted to see people win that didn't win. I wanted to see Jay-Z win something. Pissed at the Grammys because Jay-Z got nominated for eight awards. Eight. And got zero. Not a one. I guess he stopped being with the Illuminati. <clears throat> you know, I just... <laughs> <laughs> I... Mm, I, it really <laughs> it really bothered me like it really really bothered me like 444 was a real good album for so many reasons um but on top of the quality of the album i also think that this was a great moment for rap music is the dominant genre of music right this was a mm-hmm. great moment for mainstream to solidify and I say this not saying that it's impossible to do it without the Grammys. That's what, but I say mainstream, right? For mainstream to solidify and honor that quality of work. This is a, you know, a, what Jay Z is like, like forty five or something like yeah, that, forty seven, something, like something like that. He's a, a aged rapper that can come out with a good album, but that gets good response. Like people listen to it. It's really good. Now you can argue back and forth that like, Oh, did people listen to it because it was a response to lemonade or not? Whatever. Even if that were the case, it it still is a good album. Like I listened to the full album straight through just the other day. And like, it still is just as good. The content is still is just as good. And so I feel like this was a moment for mainstream to say about this album, like, Hey, we can do this. Rap is the dominant. It, it we don't just have to have rap about, you know, popping mollies and getting, you know, getting money and just living young and stupid. We don't have to have rap about that. We can actually have, you know, that rap and appreciate that. And we could also have some non-conscious rap that I mean it's conscious, but it's still kind of like in that pop, that like popular rap slash conscience if you will you know what i'm saying like it's more about just kind of like day-to-day like struggles it's 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 introspective it's talking about the self-growth and development we can have rap about that and the mainstream will accept it to me it was just frustrating that like dang this was a moment and the grammys missed that moment but i'm not surprised because obviously they miss all kinds of moments i mean just check the show (laughs) but I don't know. It was just one of those things of like, dang, man, this was going to be so dope. And I was looking forward to it. And like, uh, it ain't happened. I, I thought he would win some, but I kind of knew Bruno was going to sweep just because his songs are so much. I'm, they're enjoyed so much by so many people. Yeah. Across all demographics um, that it's kind of one of those. It gives you that feel good feel good more than like a more than it's like kind of making you like think yeah and you know people we like to feel good more than we like we like to think yeah and i I mean i I knew that like i wasn't album of the year i was a little i wasn't surprised but i was a little mad about album of the year and bruno mars like honestly i was kind of like i like the album but i just feel like 
these other albums did and said and made huge statements and they were about something. Um, uh, and I don't know if Bruno's wasn't about really much of anything. But. Yeah, like it was fun. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know if it was about anything. It was fun. It was good to listen to again. Another album that I enjoy. But I think the reason that I enjoy Bruno Mars album is really because it feels like the 90s. He was he intentionally did that. Right. Um, he intentionally made this album. He said it in his acceptance. Like he looked up to, you know, your Teddy Riley's and um, your baby faces and Jimmy Jams. And he li- looked up to those people. So he went into making this album, wanting to honor those people and make a type of feel good album that would unite people and bring people together. Wonderful. Kudos to you. Great. However, <laughs> I just kind of feel like these two other albums, specifically 444, I just feel like it was really doing something. And I feel like it had songs that made you feel good, but it had songs that made you think. And it had songs that made you, you know, check yourself. And it had moments. This is a rap album, and the album got people emotional. We talked Mm -hmm. about it. We talked about it. We talked about uh, Legacy. And I told you about the part of the song where he talks about, you know, going on this journey of religion and how, you know, one thing that got him there, how he had to learn about all this other stuff to to end up back there and like his faith and stuff like that. That You know, that that's that's serious stuff. Right. But it still mm-hmm. feels good. Like you don't feel like at least for me, I don't listen to that album. And I feel like it's a drag. Like, oh, like, obviously, if you're going out, you're probably not going to throw on 444. And that's cool. But like, I feel like this is an album you can listen to through the day, being productive. Um, you can do some workouts, too. Like, it's just it, it. It sounds good. It feels good. It has good content. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, obviously, I'm caping for 444, but I feel like it was a <coughs> by the Grammys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you alright over there? Yeah, I just gotta take some water. I'm oh. I'm still recovering from being sick, y'all. So excuse me. Yeah, no, we look, we understand this this uh flu. Apparently, I'm just praying that it stays away from me. Like I, it's- I've been hearing about all kinds of people getting the flu, hearing about folks dying from the flu. It's just I, there's nothing worse than being sick. I'm, you know. Yeah, and it's my second time being sick this month, so. Yikes. I was sick at the beginning, sick at the end. I'm just hoping it's just the last of it for me. Um, Yeah, so um, I am also sick of our current administration. State, State of the, the Union. Union. Did you watch it? Um, It was on. <laughs> That's probably all it needed to be, honestly. Yeah, I, I'm frustrated that this administration seems to have a problem with our our justice system now when it didn't when it affects him, because obviously he has something to hide mm-hmm. to be doing all this orchestrating right. um, shenanigans. But when it affected black and brown people, it was perfect and needed to be protected. But now we're we're open to releasing information that people say shouldn't be released to the public for our own benefit. Right. I, but we're about America. It's the hypocrisy that goes into it all. It's the so watching the State of the Union. I was I don't know what I was expecting, honestly. Um, I think I was more so of watching. I said I was going to watch the whole entire thing from start to finish. 
Um, and I wanted to give it a chance. Uh, I was listening to, you know, the news earlier and they were saying how this was supposed to be an hour long speech. And he's had like, I think, five different speech writers, you know, write on it. And he really is trying to take a position of reaching across the aisle and trying to get uh, Dems and those Republicans that are on the fence to be you know, on his team and to see the gains and to see this path forward. And he really wanted to lay out this path forward. And we are going to see, I believe we're going to see a different Donald Trump. And so I'm like, okay, let's go into it being open and hoping to see that. Right. So obviously you go through the normal niceties that he goes through the, oh, you know, like this is, um, we've accomplished this and, we appreciate this and we want to make America safe and great for everybody. And that includes all of these people, yada, 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 hoop, loop, loop, hoo. And then uh, as would should should have been expected, the BS starts. And so <laughs> we start saying things like, oh, this is why we kneel. I'm sorry. This is why we stand and not we stand up. Maybe he didn't say stand and not kneel, but he said this is why we stand up, you know, during the the singing of our national anthem, because, you know, we as Americans like love our country and we respect our law enforcement. And, you know, we are going to stick by our law enforcement and we're not going to question them. And it was kind of like, see, this is why this is the problem we have. Right. Because you do this thing where you say that you want to be uh, bipartisan and you say that you want to reach across the aisle and you want to, you know, you want everybody to be on the same team. But then you go on to say stuff that's offensive. And rather than engage on how you shouldn't be offensive, rather than engage on how you shouldn't talk about this stuff, you want to say you'll you'll use the niceties that you gave out as a blanket or a reason to ignore everything else that you said. He also said that, like, Americans are dreamers, too. And he went on to say that, like, he's we're going to um, make sure that we appoint judges. Uh that will uphold the constitution in the way that it was written. And when he said that, I like my heart dropped, but then I started getting frustrated because I was like, yo, this is this guy. Like it's a statement like that, that I was, I was texting my friends and my friend was like, yeah, I think that goes over people's head. And I was like, it's a statement like that. That seems harmless to, to most people. It's a statement like that to people that don't, care about it or even get it will be like oh no but i mean it's the constitution they are they are supposed to uphold the constitution but if you say like we're going to uphold it as it was written it's like yo you completely miss that we have amendments you completely you you completely miss that there has been a need to amend and to change and to update and to consider something and to interpret something in a way that it considers the differences in the time that we're in and how things change. So saying that we are going to do this without those and ignoring that means that you don't really care that we've needed to amend it. it means that you don't care that maybe at some point in time we will realize that something that has worked has not been the best way, the right way. And so you just want to put people that are going to read it for what it is from a, a very conservative, strict, tight viewpoint and just apply that across the, the board and it's like that's a problem yo like we can't 
we can't accept that. Like we can't, we can't do that. And that's why it's BS to kind of engage you on these policy ideals that you have because they sound in the moment. If that moment comes, they may sound momentarily like they consider everybody else. And then we continue to let you talk. And then you're just like, oh, yeah, I mean, I just told you that so you can show up. Like now that you're here, forget you. Nobody cares about you. Like black and brown people. What? Like dreamers? We're dreamers, too. It's just (sighs) come on, fam. Like, just let's let it go. So you didn't miss all that to say you didn't miss. You didn't miss much. Like (laughs) whatever you thought it was. In terms of it being BS, it absolutely was BS. Um, I just said that I wanted to watch it because I'm like, yo, you know, I want to hear what he got to say. I'm on this whole thing of like, I want to hear people's <coughs> arguments. I want to listen as much as possible if I can, because I want to be able to engage you holistically. Um, I don't want to just engage based on like a soundbite because I, I've seen how sound bites can kind of be misleading if you just listen to just that one part now the person said it so obviously a person said it but if you don't if you don't listen to it with context sometimes you can miss certain things and so i i kind of went into it that went into it with that being on my mind i want to have a conversation with somebody about this and not be able to say that i listened to the whole thing and i just heard that he said this like i want to be able to say not only did i hear that soundbite but i heard the whole thing and the soundbite still upholds like it's bs <laughs> that's what i want to be able to do. yeah all i gotta say is free melania <laughs> come on free melania she do be looking she look right? she really does like I'd be like, Mama man, be looking like she just like why, why they got here? <laughs> like and- how when they was clapping, they just showed the replay of her <laughs> clapping for him, and she looked like child. I guess I'm just here so I don't get fired. That's it. <laughs> I'm just here that so I don't have to go back. <laughs> you so disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> you so disrespectful. It's a part of the agreement, right? I feel like she like I was a male order bride. I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> Not a male order bride. Yeah, she's like she, it just doesn't seem like he was able to woo her. If he didn't have the money, I just feel like she would never pay him any attention. I mean, I can believe that. I'm not sure. I just their their personal interactions and people will say like Oh, you know, it's because of their looks and people always think it's about looks. It's about people's heart. And it's like, yeah, I mean, that's this is true. Like not even commenting on the differences in their looks, but simply focusing in on the fact that their personal interactions, it doesn't really seem like intimate. Like it doesn't seem like we it friends. don't seem like like not even like love, like... but like not even like friends. You know, like George and Laura, Brock and Michelle, I feel like they actually cared about each other. Yeah, like, it, and it came across that way, right? You saw it when <laughs> they engaged each other. You saw it when they didn't engage each other, right? Now, Bill and Hillary, I'm still on the fence about. <laughs> you so disrespectful. <laughs> so disrespectful. But George and Laura, Brock and Michelle, <laughs> I feel like they love each other. You don't think Bill and Hillary love each other? I think. I feel like that's a like, uh, you know, more and more. And my mama say this all the time. Scandal is not fiction. It's a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> More, it just seemed like Bill and Hillary. They, it's just arranged and they just got it. 
they do what they got to do and they keep going. I think that they, you know what? I think that she may not just be like a traditional, like lovey dovey type. And I, I guess for me, I don't know, maybe it, cause I was going to say, I guess, you know, if she didn't really care about him, she didn't have to stay. Like she could have left. Like everybody would have understood, you know, why she left. But then I guess at that point too, you know, who knows how, especially during that time, the time of like the whole, you know, scandal or whatever, <clears throat> who knows, you know, how history would have like treated her? Who knows how the public would have treated her? Like, would she have just been like, oh, the first lady that became the ex-wife in office? Or would she have been like, oh, she's the first lady. She stood by her man. Like, cause she got like a lot of props. She got a lot of props from everybody she was actually her doing that was in uh it was in the queens of comedy stand-up monique talked about that like she got props for standing by bill clinton and being just being like you know what i'm standing by my man like a lot of people during that time gave her props for it so i don't know yeah but i mean i I think hillary has her own obviously political ambitions and she knew that divorce (laughs) a single person um it's it's very difficult to elect especially when she back in that time yeah this is true when she ran for senate for new york that was like right after he got out she she was already plotting her way forward so she was like man it seemed to me i'll stay with you but you know i'm looking out for my brand you know, and she seems to strategically place herself. Dang, so that sounds like fit, uh, Mitts and Millie. Mitts, Fitz and Millie. Fitz and, Fitz and Millie. It sounds like, uh, well, we can't really use that because he's such a perverted individual. But um, what's the man? The House of Cards. Oh, yeah. Did you hear that they're making House of Cards just without them now? <laughs> Like they mm-hmm. they just continue production, which I think it's it's doable. Yeah, I'm a little concerned. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm. A, I was just gonna say I'm a little concerned how they're going to play him leaving. Like, is he going? Because there was a lot of loose ends. I still want justice for Zoe, but maybe this will be a path to get justice for Zoe. Well, anyway, y'all, that's it for our mimosas and orange juice. Uh, y'all hit us up and let us know what y'all think about Monique, the State of the Union, and the Grammys. Do y'all agree with me that Jay Z was snubbed? This was some BS, but I say this all, I don't know if I say this all the time on broadcast, but me and a couple of my friends talk about it. This is why we have to support our award show because I, our award shows, because I truly believe that we have the ability to view, to dissect, to understand and appreciate our art and our artists in ways that other people can't and that we should support those award shows and make sure people are there. So hit us up. Use the hashtag chat BC and hit us up on Twitter, and Instagram at brunch culture and brunch underscore culture. And we will be back with our main dish. All right, we are back with our main dish, and let's just dive right into it. This week, um, we are going to talk about the, just the idea of men telling women how to get husbands. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we have seen there was a, a video clip of Pastor Freddie Gray that went viral. 
Uh, um, John Gray. John, I'm Freddie Gray. Jesus Christ. John Gray. <laughs> <laughs> um, that went viral. And y'all girl Sierra posted it and told women they need to level up. Um, we have seen countless people that you know from your Steve Harvey's I think um, Rev Run and Tyrese was doing it they kind of had a show and essentially they're kind of telling women what they need to do in order to find a husband now for me with these types of things I've always shut up about them and just shot away because I think it's weird the concept of it to me just you know it doesn't click well in my mind I never really engaged it I've always thought it was weird the reason that I don't watch uh, like these types of shows where they focus on those types of things is just because to me it's weird. And it, it seems like even if it made sense, it's not for me, right? You're t- telling mm-hmm. a woman how to find a man to be a wife. Like I don't, it, there's nothing for me. So to me, it seems, it seems awkward. So I've always like shied away, but particularly this um, <clears throat> video with John Gray, he's essentially saying that the reason that, you know, so, some women or so many women don't have a husband is because they have the spirit of the girlfriend and they need to let go of the spirit of the girlfriend. I'm paraphrasing it, guys. So, like, don't, you know, knock me over the head if this is not verbatim what he said. But it's, it's, this is the essential. This is the tone of the message, right? It's like, oh, you have the spirit of the girlfriend. It's the reason that, you know, you haven't found it. And he uses... uh the scripture that says when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing. And so he says that, you know, the man finds a wife, which means she's already a wife and not a girlfriend. And so kind of goes into that whole spiel. And it brought up some actually pretty dope articles. One of the articles that I saw was by, was um, written in the root. And it was pretty much calling out that type of not only ministry, but just idea, because there are a lot of, you know, people outside of the church that are not in ministry that have, that make money that have become, you know, social media celebrities and yeah, relationship (laughs) gurus and relationship coaches. And I always think that most of these people, most of the relationship gurus are just like, they have like a, a female fan base because I don't necessarily know dudes that follow like relationship gurus, but that's a whole other thing. But So, you know, I've always felt felt like it was weird. I thought it was awkward. And I pretty much agree with the article that I wrote. I mean, that I read was just like, hey, you know, this is damaging. This hurtful. It does not. It really does. It adds insult to, in, to, to injury. And it does really no good um, for men to feel like, let me tell you what you got to do to be a wife. So. I actually surprisingly like I actually was kind of nervous to have this conversation um, with like openly because I'm like, well, I don't want to say something that's going to be offensive because I say I preface I want to preface this by saying I'm not a woman. So I don't know. Like I've had a couple conversations with some friends and I have one homegirl that actually thinks that what John Gray was saying wasn't bad. Um, And she was like, I agree with him. And I think that, you know. While he shouldn't tell, I don't, I don't agree with him telling them what, telling women like how to, what they need to do. I think the message is on point. Like you got to carry yourself different because, you know, sometimes it's how you carry yourself. That's the problem. And I don't know. I'm not a woman. So 
I'm, you know, hell, what do I know? But I just think that it's just real awkward. And I, I, from coming from a man's perspective, I don't see nobody with a successful ministry or following that's telling men how to be, you know, the best versions of themselves so that we can get a wife. Mm-hmm. Don't nobody do that. Like, I don't know. And I mean, if they're out there, point them out. Cause I don't know. And I don't, I don't, you know, pay attention to that kind. Of, I don't know. I haven't heard of anybody. Nobody sent me like a recommendation. Like this is what you need to do to get it together. Like, and I just, I, it just seems awkward. I think about it from the standpoint also of having sisters and, you know, having a lot of women in my family that I care about and I never feel like I can t- I can tell you what I believe you can do to be a better version of yourself but that's for yourself that's not for you to get a man I'm never thinking about I've honestly made a pact with my little sister when she was two that she was not going to date until she was 65 I have it on video <laughs> we shook on it we agreed so I'm holding her to it like I'm not even trying wow. to I'm not interested in you going out to try to find no dude like because in my mind like yo that's gonna be trouble they're gonna try to mess you up so I, in my mind I'm I'm like, should we be teaching like girls like how to find their own selves and self worth and believe in that and like know that you know you have big brothers and you know dads and all this stuff. You have men in your life that know your worth, know your value, and that'll be there for you. You being in a relationship with another man, it's a privilege to him, and it's not like something you just need to like spin your wheels trying to figure out how to do because i think just from experience you know we see that that doesn't lead to ultimate happiness you have so many people that get married and get cheated on or get married and get divorced they get abused all of these things that women have to go through and i think eh, we're not you know we're not leading them on the path to ensure that those things don't happen if we keep telling them that this is what you got to do in order to find these situations that could potentially lead to that. So anyway, it's weird to me. It's awkward. Uh, what do you think? Yeah. So I think a couple things with like the John Gray's comments and, and Sierra, I think first of all, what was interesting to me about the Sierra trifling. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, wow. <laughs> that, that was, that was harsh. Um, but <laughs> with John Gray, with the girl in the, whoever wrote that article, that made me bust out laughing. She said, "Why are we taking relationship advice from a man, Sol- Solomon, who might as well be a modern day Steve Harvey, <coughs> because his record with women." Um, and so yes, Solomon was very uh, promiscuous. Uh. So I think really uh, I see it as just me in my work with biblical scholarship, recognizing that Proverbs, that you're not supposed to take the Bible literally, but literarily, meaning understanding that each book is could be particularly a part of a different genre. So Proverbs is wisdom literature. So in one one professor says it's, it's principles, not promises, because some, some you could have those things and somebody could say well you know just like a proverb is train up a child in the way that he should go if he get old he won't depart well a lot of people know people people trained up their children in a way 
and they older they got wow you know what i'm saying so there's always an exception so i think the whole he that finds a wife finds a good thing it's a principle and it's not i think it's read too deep into i don't think that the writer intended for us to put all of this in that verse i think it was kind of like if you find a wife you find a good thing okay you know what i'm saying right 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 the whole spirit of a girlfriend, I think, just is something that is not a spirit. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I just, I think a lot of John Gray's things are emotionally driven and sprinkled with verses, cherry-picked verses that really are out of context to 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 meet an agenda that he's trying to perpetuate through the pulpit. Um, that would be my quote-unquote biblical assessment of what he's saying practically it just to me is damaging because i see this happening for women that use church (coughs) as a means to get a man and so (coughs) and i say that is a sense in using church and saying god i want a man now uh i want a quote-unquote good man so i'm gonna start doing my early morning devotional and spending time with Jesus for the first 30 minutes of my day. I'm going to cut off my ex-boyfriend. I'm going to be celibate. I'm going to devote all my time to Jesus, not because of a desire to really actually be with Jesus, but a desire to get something out of him. For, to get something out of Jesus. Yeah. And so, and that being a man. And so I think that, I've seen that over and over. Um, and I see it so often because usually after maybe a year or two of not getting a man, they just go back to what they was doing before. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it tells you the goal was not to get closer to God. It was just to get closer to God so he could give you what you wanted. And so I think that's damaging. And I think that saying that this whole spirit of a girlfriend it just keeps perpetuating that kind of behavior where I get, quote unquote, become a, quote unquote, good girl so I could get a good man when, in fact, there are, quote unquote, good men that choose the girl who's not, quote unquote, the good girl. And with, I know guys that are, quote unquote, good guys that don't want a good girl. Um, they don't care if the girl could cook. They don't care if she could clean. They care. I can do it myself. Uh, and Thank God they're for really my mom. judging. They're really no. judging a relationship by chemistry and sexual interaction, and that's exclusively what they want. You know what I'm saying? Right, so the right. idea that if you're quote unquote a good girl, you're going to get the quote unquote good guy is just not not. It's not reality. Yeah. Number two, as a black woman, not the Bible doesn't promise you marriage. It doesn't promise you. That's not a promise that you'll get married. (laughs) It could happen, but it's not a promise. So as a black woman, there are more women than men. There are black men that are already married. Obviously, there are black men in prison and there are black men who are are homosexual that takes your probability of marriage down if you're trying to have the quote-unquote black family and then you and you throw it as a black young professional 
with a with a higher education, if you want somebody to be at the same level uh, educationally, then you really are in a small pool. You know what I'm saying? So I think to put the burden on the woman and saying she has to do all this work when in fact her leveling up, quote unquote, makes her dating pool smaller. Um, Sierra. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're, you're, and then this is the thing. Russell Wilson is the quote unquote good guy. He didn't get the good church girl. So John Gray. Because we've seen, I'm just, um, let me shut up. I was about to even go Even Sierra posting that shows that that's like the opposite. Right. Cause she, I mean, I don't know the, the gap. I, I can't say I didn't know in between that that she was really devoted to God in that gap. At le- I mean, yeah, at least that's not what I she showed us, right? Like, yeah, I didn't. She, know she could have been, yeah. But I'm saying con- something that's been consistent over her lifespan. If John Gray's principle is true, and it's biblical and universal, and is what God is saying, then why did? the girl that's been in church that's doing all the right things, quote unquote, that's still single, uh, Sierra, get a man before her. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. So it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's problematic and it's misleading and it makes the fault of people who are single. It's like, it's your fault when it really is. It's not like it just, you just haven't had the, time to get married and obviously and it's not the be all the end all right so i think that for me when it comes to first off the most if you just kind of look at data things one of the points you made about there being more women than men like there we go like i feel like we can just stop there like (laughs) there are more women than there are men so and these are factual things right so we know this so they're at there's no way to just based off of pure numbers. I'm a numbers guy, just based off of pure numbers. If you have five women and two men and we all believe in monogamy and we all believe in, you know, till death do us part, there are three women that are just not going to get married unless they marry each other. And then one person's not going to get married. If this were the case, you know what I'm saying? Like the numbers just don't add up. So that's the thing. The other thing is, um, cause I've, I've kind of engaged slightly about this idea of having people say that, Oh, well, you know, it's black men, the, the black men, they, they, they don't want women. They want each other. And I'm like, well, I think if we, and I, I haven't looked it up, but I think if you kind of look at the numbers of people that are, uh, you you kind of miss the fact that they're homosexual men, but they're also homosexual women. So like, they're just people that just aren't interested in the opposite sex in that way. And that's a thing. And so I think that we kind of got to, when, when we start to talk about the, the reasons why, I think for me, it's like the very first thing is yo truthfully women outnumber men like and that's just it and that's i believe that's across races right that's that's all together so mm-hmm. i think that people kind of use these different points and kind of push them out there and it causes like 
an anger or this like sense of oh well these people doing this and they ain't black men ain't educated enough or black men are gay or black men in this and it's like well first off it's not just black men like honestly black women are the most educated group of people in the in the country so that's a whole thing in itself so that means that not only are black men just not as educated as black women but white men are not as educated hispanic men asian men like all of these people are not as educated black men as black women so that's the thing in itself but i feel like the 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 true data point to really kind of blow all of and debunk all of this this garbage is truly like the numbers just don't add up and so with that being excuse me with that being said i think we also start have to start having a conversation about what marriage is in itself one of the things i loved about the the root article that i read was that she's saying she points out like not everybody aspires to marriage and i feel like the the problem and the flaw in these types of you know, conversation. And, and again, I'm not a woman, so I don't know. I know that women, they face different pressures than we do. I see it all the time. I saw it a lot earlier on in life just because I was raised with sisters. So I saw how that I was like, oh, we're like, you know, it was kind of like, hey, you getting fat to me. Like, dang, you getting fat. You need to lose weight. You're going to be out of shape. To my sisters, like, dang, you getting fat. You gonna be out of shape. You need to lose weight. All right now, don't get too big. You ain't gonna be able to ever find no husband. And it's like, oh, shoot. Like, dang, fam, you like talking about we like 10 years old. Like, you know, we just like eating like candy and and cupcakes. And like, you already talking about she not gonna find a husband. She 10. Like, (laughs) fam, what you talking about? You know what I'm saying? Like, so I saw that then. Um, but I think that because they already knew that the they already knew the data. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. So it's like, yo, you're not even. There's a problem. There's a problem <laughs> in that. Like, there's a problem in us, kind of warping people's minds and 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 telling people something is not there, and we in turn use these points and we say all these things, and it kind of creates this like frustration amongst people or within like black people and it's like oh you know well black men ain't this and then black men ain't this and black men ain't that and it's like well truthfully even if black men were all of these things the numbers still won't add up like (laughs) just we gotta we gotta really engage that point and use that as a point of reality to talk about like hey you know what does marriage in itself mean what do you want for marriage is this something that you want yes you want love and yes you want companionship and i know that and i know you know for the majority of people, we all we all look for that. Nobody wants to be alone. Everybody wants to feel special and to be loved and to be intimate with somebody and have a person that makes you feel special. Like, I'm not saying any of those things are wrong, but I think that when we talk about these things in terms of this is what you got to do to get married, we kind of create this false sense of security of what marriage is. And we create this idea that it's perfect. And And then it solves all. Yeah, and it solves everything. And you're just going to be so much better off when you're married. And what that does is you all, you set people, I feel like you set people up 
men and women to accept things in a marriage that they don't want or is not good for them in whatever ways because they just want to be married because of how great it is to be able to say you're married. And then I think for another uh, another group of people, and I'll include myself in it, is that it makes you reject the idea of marriage. It makes you say, I don't want to participate in that because honestly, that's a bunch of hot garbage. It's a bunch of BS that people keep feeding you over and over and over and, and asking you and telling you, oh, you need to be married, you need to be married, you need to be married. <coughs> but the same people that are telling you this are living in per hell like it's just like yo you're telling me your problems i know your problems i know that you're not truly happy i know that you're happy in terms of being able to say like oh you know i'm in this relationship and we have this and we can take pictures together and on valentine's day we talk about how we've been together for all these years and it's so great and it's so wonderful but i also know that you guys aren't intimate with each other i know that you guys don't touch each other i know that you guys argue way more than you actually you know are friends like that those types of things kind of turns a person that's not married and just like yeah i I'm, i'm good like i'm okay like miss me you know what i'm saying like i'll figure it out in some other way but that's not going to be the way and i feel like we create these problems And nobody is stopping and realizing that we're creating these problems because we keep saying and pushing people and pushing women to look at this as, oh, but when you become a wife, it's going to be so great. So what happens like should she become a wife and believe all of these things? And she's done everything that you said, do she let go of the spirit of girlfriend and she carries the spirit of wife. She actually becomes a wife and he start knocking her ass out. Then is she what, does she just need to like let go of the spirit of battered wife? Like, no, like that's not we're we're doing it wrong. I, that spirit of girlfriend, it just gets me every time you say it. I have to like recover because yeah, I don't even know what it means. I don't understand what it means. Shake, 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 <laughs> shake the spirit of girlfriend off. <laughs> <laughs> like what? What? I, I don't know do what it means. That? It well, sounds it sounds profound. But it falls flat. It falls flat in actual practice. I was having this conversation in a professional sense um, at work, but I was telling me and a coworker of mine were talking and it was just like, you know, a lot of people like to talk about theories and concepts Mm -hmm. and ideas and they say it and it sounds amazing until you have to apply it. And when you get to the application portion, it's like, wait, what do I do? <laughs> and then you're confused. And then you go to them and they keep saying the same like theories and ideas and concepts. And you're like, okay, so how do I apply it? Like, how do I walk it out? And they're like, oh, well, you just gotta, you know, you gotta think about what I'm saying. Read it again. And it's like, no, I got it. I got the concept. I just don't know how to apply this to my life. And I think it's one of those things that you know people say things and it sounds great and it's good for a soundbite it might be good for a conversation it may be funny it may actually cause a person to pause and say whoa am i walking in the spirit of girlfriend let me figure out what things i can improve in my life but then when you actually start saying like well what is the spirit of girlfriend (laughs) like what like what does that do (laughs) i don't understand like how do i where do where do we go what do like how does how do I change? Because if you were the spirit of a wife, wouldn't that be damaging? Because why would I get married if I already get the benefits of wife before? Uh, 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 yeah, uh, but also 
if I don't, <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm logically I, really I have a that. spirit that his decision or somebody, some external force forces decision makes me either not have or have. Like, I guess I have the spirit of girlfriend, but then like it's somebody else's choice that determines whether I have it or not. Like, how does that work? And I think that's the, that's kind of like the baseline of like very practical way for me of like, okay, so you want to know if something makes sense or not? How much does somebody else's choice dictate who and what I am and what I can do? If you are free to make your own decisions and I'm free to make my own decisions and you say Randall I don't want to mess with you no more and that means for me that like oh I'm worthless nobody else wants to ever work with me again I'll never do this again (coughs) that was your choice you know what I'm saying like that's your thing like those are your choices based off of your preferences and your experiences and what you desire and don't desire we all have our own things. Like, I don't know that your choice to not work with me means that I'm invaluable or I'm some in some way flawed. Huh? Like, why are we telling people this, yo? This is, uh, this is crazy. But so one, one of the things I want to get into though, is like, what are you, so we talk about this and I think that we can all agree that this is problematic. What do we do to change it though? Like, what do we do to change? And we talked we talked about it from the standpoint of being in a church. But I think that another really important piece is you have people that 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 do this stuff outside of the church, which is, you know, I think we can and that and that it's, it may be a bit harder to pinpoint. Right. Because we can say that, oh, you know, this is a problem because people are misleading you to believe that if you do everything that you're supposed to do. You love God and you serve God in a certain way that you're going to get a husband. Well, we can say that oh, that's a problem for sure, because, hey, this is a misrepresentation of God. But in like outside of the, 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 the church realm, it's like there are people that are still doing this and that are telling people, you know, if you pay for this conference, you're going to learn what you need to do. If you watch my video and subscribe to my channel, you know, I'm going to tell you all the things you need to do to find a man. And like, what what do you like how do we fix that like what do we do to mm-hmm. get rid ourselves of those things yeah i it's oh man it's it's so frustrating and it's frustrating to me because i see so many women um go through this like you know what i'm saying yeah because they've been so like misinformed and to them marriage is the key to their identity. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like, if I don't get it, I'm nothing. Right, right. And so, <clears throat> I really just want us as women to really get the fact that we don't have to be married. Marriage is good. I want to be married eventually. But it's not my identity because you could get married and somebody could beat your head in, like you said. Right. Somebody could be verbally abusive. Somebody could be damaging. Somebody could be cheating on you. And then what? You know, and not saying that marriage will lead to that in that way. But those things happen. And if your value is rooted in that, then you potentially didn't have nothing left outside of that. Right. So, so how do we how do we 
how do we fix that? Not maybe it's not one thing, or maybe it's not a question that we can actually like answer per se. Maybe it's more of like we got to think about it um, and talk about those things. It? But how do we fix this? These how do we honestly? How do we shut down this idea, or as the article says, say times up to these? Not to men uh, saying, telling women what they need to do to be wise, but also, again, I'm not a woman, so y'all don't jump on my throat, but also to, you know, women that may be telling other women what you need to do to be a wife, to find a husband or to get a husband or to get chose. Like, how do we how do we change that narrative and those 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 norms and people doing it? Like, how do we stop that? I think we should educate ourselves first. Because one way is to guard ourselves against people telling us erroneous stuff, especially from pulpits about what women need to do. And it's actually like they're speaking for God is to be educated enough to know and be able to decipher what actually is accurate and what is garbage. Right. Uh, I think that's one way. Number two, I think being honest about the statistics. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just (laughs) women outnumber men like and being okay with that but also just having a realistic expectation training and challenging each other because a lot of this is going to be communal with our friends and our peers is challenging the idealization of marriage you know yeah and saying okay this is what it is but this doesn't make you whole. Right, right, right. And so you could be just as broken in the marriage Amen. as you can be single. Yeah. Um, and so it doesn't make you whole. And I think having realistic expectations of every phase of life and being single doesn't make you not whole. You know? It's, yeah, it's, absolutely. So they're broken people that don't feel whole in marriages and there are people who feel whole that are single and those are realities um i think as we generations change i think this won't be as big of a deal as it has been right in previous generations the pressure won't be because i feel less pressure in 2018 Maybe I don't know, and it may be because I don't make I don't, I just don't really allow people to talk to me about that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Oh, when you go, I don't really engage in that way. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm not going to allow you to put pressure on something I can't control, and realize that you can't control it, no matter your behavior. Right. No matter how quote unquote good you're being, you can't control when the person you will meet the person that you're supposed to spend the rest of your life with. So why with something you can't control? Why not be productive in other ways? Create, do what you can do. And maybe on your journey, you'll catch the person, hey, in the airport or at an event or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But I think harping on it frustrates you. Like to Absolutely. the point of it paralyzes you because you're always looking for the person you're supposed to be in your life with. And it's like, you can't control that. Yeah. And so you, why, why waste your life away on something that you have so little control over? 
that's what I was going to, I was just about to say, I was going to say, and I think you missed the beauty of life itself, right? The beauty of mm-hmm. opportunities. And so I think that in the space of just the world being different, right? And I think in the space of also women being able to do things that historically women weren't able to do. We start talking about, and we've talked about, I know we've talked about this before, but we start talking about the whole idea of like, oh, you know, a man is supposed to be the provider. And every time we go on a date, the man got to pay for it. And, you know, holding by like, well, my granddad paid my, my grandma bills when they were dating and all this other stuff. And it being like, yeah, cause your grandma probably had no job. She probably couldn't work. She probably didn't make the money that he made. Like, it's just, there's so many other things that are at play that are just not at play. Now we're in a completely different time and we got to fully embrace that. But I feel like focusing on that robs you of so many other beautiful, great things that are happening in your life. And it's like, you miss it. I was talking to a friend of mine about that being like, Yo, she was telling me like, hey, you know, all of these people in my life are married and engaged and have kids and look at me. And I'm just like, well, yo, you have some incredible things going on in your life. Like if I look at, you know, these five things in your life, those people that I know that you're talking about, none of them have any of this. Right. And so not saying that you're better or worse, but it's saying like what do you want? Like, look at what, look at what you have and look at what's there and look at how beautiful this is. Don't miss that because people keep telling you, you need to get married and have children. And I, what I always get rebuttal with, which I don't, you know, can't speak to, but the whole, like I have a biological clock and I do want children and I do want, you know, to find love. So my biological clock honestly reminds me more than other people do and that's not something that i can personally speak to but i just i just think i'm like yo i don't i had a conversation when i was back home and um somebody asked and i too much like yourself like i don't really engage people on the like when you're gonna get married type thing because typically it comes from people that are divorced that are in marriages that aren't necessarily the best that they're not 100 percent happy with or people that just that are in marriages that seem perfect, but they seem so perfect that I'm like, okay, so this is a lie. Um, and I think that, and I say that because people that I've, that I do know that are married and that seem to have like what I would imagine would be an ideal situation. They always talk to me about, Hey, do it when you're ready. There is no rush. (laughs) Take your time. Make sure you guys talk. Make sure that this is what you want to do because it's a lot of work. Those are the people that are telling me like, hey, you know, if this is what you want, by all means, go for it. If it's not what you want, you know, figure out what works for you and do that thing. Don't be around here trying to get married because you got to follow this timeline of you know, I graduated. I got a master's degree. I, I work here. I make this amount of money. I've traveled. I've done this. I can do this. And now it's time to do th- to add this other thing just so that I can, you know, have that ideal life. There's no such thing as an ideal life. So. I too like kind of throw that out, but I had somebody ask me that question of like, Oh, so, you know, have you decided like what you're going to do? And I was like, what do you mean? Like, so when you're ready for the whole family thing and I was like, "Mm, eh, no, I, I think about it. Um, but then I also think about the things that I have 
now and the things that I want to accomplish now and the things that I want to do. And honestly, outside of that, things that I just kind of want to enjoy myself and being selfish. And I'm kind of, you know, thinking about that. And that's I feel like that's okay too. So, you know, I I was like, nah, not, not, not really. And like, okay, I mean, you know, I I just asked because I want to know. And then I was like, so why do you want to know though? (laughs) Like, what does that change about you that makes you want to know? And it's not like a an attack. I didn't mean it to be an attack, but it was more so of like, yo, why is this something that you think about? If you have a marriage in a situation and you're happy with that, why is this something that you are thinking about with me? And in the realm, and it was maybe because of where we were, the people that we were in front of, the conversation, how the conversation just kind of came out of nowhere. I was like, so this has been on your mind. Why? Why? Like, is it going to change anything? Like, what's going to come out of this for you? Just the fact of knowing? Like, I feel like you are trying to suck me into a situation that you're in that you obviously are not 100% happy about. So, like... Why? You know, like, I don't mm-hmm. know. And maybe that's that's just kind of like the a-hole in me. But it's just kind of like, yo, I just don't I don't really understand. I don't understand why you want to engage me on that. I don't understand why you want to ask me this question. And I do, also don't understand why you want to do that, knowing all of the stuff that you go through in your marriage. But I guess it you're able to say that I'm married. So maybe that's the thing. I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. I think. Yeah, people think that it's the highest form of achievement. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's like the definition of success or or any other success that you have is not is not whole or complete or all the way there if you aren't able to say and I'm married. Like I think that and I'm married pieces for a number of people, for most people, I would probably say probably society is changing but i think for the most part that is the thing that kind of makes people say like oh okay well you really are successful because you have a lifetime mm-hmm. partner and you know yeah and I, then i think the the kids so it's it's, it's about legacy for people too it's kind of like you don't want to work your whole life and not have any legacy you know what i'm saying that it end with you yeah so I, I can understand, I can understand that piece, but then I also think like, I don't, let me shut up because I was gonna say. Then I also think that comes from people people that say that barely have a legacy. <laughs> <laughs> you out here trying to like make sure your kids be somebody because you ain't like I just you know <laughs> I don't know that. <laughs> I don't know. Really, when this kind of stuff comes up, I become a complete a hole because I think it just frustrates me of how much pressure that people put on other folks to do this kind of stuff. And it's like, but yo, you haven't done it right, right? Like, you barely have a legacy or anything to give to somebody else. That's why you got 12 kids. Because you trying to hope and stick with somebody for them to do something that you can say, oh, that's my lineage and my legacy. But I feel like for the most part, if you out here, you know, getting, making things happen, being this person that you aspire to be, you 
you look for maybe you look for that to be a part of your lineage, but you're not telling yourself that if I don't do it now, it's impossible or, oh, you're going to be I've heard too, like, oh, well, you better hurry up. You don't want to be 50 years old at your child's graduation. And I'm like, yo, have you seen like these 50 year olds like. They look good. 50 is really not old. President Obama and Michelle they, Obama they is 50. Like, 50. Yeah, like, they don't look bad, fam. They still are running and, and, you know, like, I'm sure they ache a little more than they would have if they were 40 or 35 when their child graduated. But I don't think that it's a problem for you to be 50 or whatever age you are. If that's your thing, you make sure you take care of yourself to get to where you want to be. And, you know... I just I don't know it just it comes across to me very like you be I'm being you're just being nosy you're trying to find something to talk about you have nothing else going on in life or you you are not aware of anything else that's going on so you can't engage with somebody other than like yo when you gonna get married when you gonna have kids like to me I'm like when are you gonna run me $150,000 a year to take care of them when you can do mm-hmm. that you know, holler at me. If you can't because you barely making 20, then, you know, kick rocks with no socks. I'm good. Like, <laughs> I think that, you know, if you got them, congratulations, cool. That's your thing. But, like, your thing may not be my thing and vice versa. Like, it is what it is. So, I don't know. Y'all let us know what y'all think. Um, we, I definitely think we, we kind of went in on this one. Um, but I think it's good, though, because I think that just in general, people telling folks, you know, what to do, how to do it, particularly men telling women how to be wives. It's just real awkward to me. Right. And um, <laughs> hopefully people stop doing it. But y'all let us know what y'all think. Hit us up. Use the hashtag chat BC. Hit us up on Instagram at Brunch Culture and on uh on brunch underscore culture and on Twitter at brunch culture. And that's it for our main dish. We will be back. Yeah, And with, if y'all, uh, if y'all figure out what spirit of a girlfriend is, please let us know. Cause we still don't know. Well, I feel like we're going to get a lot of messages of people being like real detail. Like if you, um, if you let <laughs> him spend the night, that's the spirit of a girlfriend. <laughs> it's going to be something like real stupid. Like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like Randall said, hashtag TBC. We'll be back for our toaster. And we're back with our toast or roast. Today, I want to toast San Francisco um, for doing something I think is cutting edge. So, you know that California legalized um, recreational marijuana. Uh huh. And so San Francisco is taking it upon themselves to go back retroactive and drop all the charges of those who have been convicted of marijuana possession. Nice. So, yeah, that is a big deal. I hope this will set the trend for everybody in California. That means a lot of people get free. Um, Their records will be expunged. The sad thing about this, they don't get their time back. But they do get to get out. Um, they'll be, you know, their charges will be dropped. They'll get to get out and um, they won't have a record. Yeah. So that allows them to get. Um, they get their rights weapon. back. Yeah. They yeah, get their rights back and they can live some remnants of 
a normal a normal life to whatever yeah. degree afterwards. Yeah. And I think that's something that should be done in any place that legalizes marijuana. Right. Because now you're profiting off of what you imprisoned us for. So Yeah. Um Yeah, so I hope this sets a trend for everybody. Thank you, San Francisco, for setting that um setting that for for people so we could it could be something that people can follow that's that president could be something other counties um and cities can follow in california and then nationwide as it's probably going to be legalized in the next five years probably in every state so dope awesome um so i'm gonna give a, a a quick toast to um sterling k brown Sterling K. Brown, if you guys don't know, Sterling K. Brown played in The People versus O.J. Simpson, um, The American Crime Story. He uh, played Christopher Darden. He also currently plays, uh, stars in um, This Is Us. It's a black guy. His, name, his character's name is Randall. And I'm toasting to Sterling K. Brown just because I feel like all around, Sterling K. Brown is just a... Just a a cool like upstanding dude he's a father he's a husband he is an actor um and he's just somebody that i feel like truly embodies the characters that he plays he puts a lot of work and you believe the characters but i also think in seeing him um accept awards he he won like the uh, was it the golden globe for like best male actor and he just won like the, the sag awards he's the first uh, black men, black man to win. I believe the SAG award for like best male actor. Um, he just had two firsts just recently and the way that he responds to, to them, the way that he talks about his love for his wife, for his children and his appreciation for acting and for his roles. And the way that that kind of comes across on the screen, it's very real and it actually, I say this and what made me think about this is watching This Is Us and watching the character Randall kind of geek out in moments, but geek out with a purpose. And he always has like he's very like uh, like calculated in his thinking and everything has a reason. And so he tries to stick by that. But he's trying to also honor like, you know, his situation and all of these other things. And seeing him as a person, like as an actual person, be outside of being his acting in his role, um, to me, it just kind of it's one of those things that I'm like, this is a dope representation. I feel like this is like the epitome of people saying black boy joy. This is somebody that is comfortable in his skin, that is not afraid to show emotion, um, that is that loves black people um, and that is OK with talking about how how incredible but actually how it means that we got a lot more work to do that we got black people still winning first in 2018 but then how much he appreciates you know the role that he's playing and, and how he supports his his family and all of those things to me is just like this is a fully realized uh black man that is not out here trying to say well i can't say this and i can't do this and i can't be this because this gonna make this is not going to make me a man and yada. And it's just like, no, I'm me. 
and 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 I am going to be me and and be true to who I am and be true to the people that I love and I'm going to, you know, do some bomb behind stuff and win some some dope awards in the process. So, shout out to Sterling K Brown. Um he also in some ways watching him as a man kind of reminds me of my dad, which was a whole another like weird creepy thing and I was just like, wow, this is cool, but um so yeah, so shout out to Sterling K Brown. I am toasting to you this week. And uh, we will get into our uh, good vibe for this week. The good vibe for this week is a quote that says, uh, when you can't control what's happening, challenge yourself to control the way you respond to what's happening. That's where your power is. Um, Yeah, that is. We can't control people. Sometimes a lot of times you can't control the things, but we can control us and how we respond to it and there's this one quote i don't know what it is but it basically says like something about well i'll say the other one it's like life is like uh 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond to it i think it kind of falls along that same line like you know we can't control external factors but we can definitely control like what we do in response to that and that kind of determines whether we have a good life or not so yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, y'all, thank you for listening to another episode of Brunch Culture. We are so excited to be with y'all every single week. And I apologize again for my cough. And <clears throat> yes, I just, yeah. So I apologize. I'm still trying to get over this sickness. But you can uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, um, Google Play, Stitcher by searching Brunch Culture, iHeartRadio. We're literally everywhere you can look up. All our past episodes at brunchculturebc.com. And you can um, rate us on iTunes. Also, that really, really helps us. Uh, we want to be moved up in the in the uh, iTunes ratings ranking. So that, that helps us out tremendously. Um, hashtag ChatBC. If you want to interact with us, follow us on Facebook at br- facebook.com backslash brunchculture. Instagram at brunchculture. Is it? Hold on, I'm getting confused. Brunch underscore culture. Yes. Twitter at brunch culture. <laughs> and remember, here at brunch culture, everything is up for discussion.